This is the morning brief from the Economic Times. Bud, Mary Jane, Grass, Pot, Sass, Buddha, Blast, Stank, Hemp, Herb, Weed. Marijuana. From the mind-expanding experiments of the Woodstock generation to cameos in movies, the psychotropic qualities of cannabis has always been admired, used and also abused both around the world and in India. Long vilified by Victorian morality, we have a 37-year-old law that bans consumption even though our gods are supposed to be smoking weed. Now the medical and lifestyle benefits of cannabis or hemp are opening newer and newer possibilities. And just last week, Dr. Reddy made an important breakthrough buying a German medical cannabis company. A first for any pharma company from India to do so. Already a $7 billion global industry, will medical cannabis finally get the much-needed recognition in India and its therapeutic use mainstreamed? In this episode, we talk to Dr. Reddy's and an exciting startup in the area and also a healthcare lawyer to get a 360-degree view of how India is changing its attitude towards cannabis, if at all. It's Thursday, February 10th. From the Economic Times, I am your host, Kiran Somvanshi. You are listening to Prescription Cannabis on the Morning Brief. First of all, we believe that um, Nimbus will allow us uh, to enter that market, enter that knowledge base, and also enter an area in which not many players are uh, dealing with it. Right. Uh, we found an opportunity as the German legalized medical cannabis in 2017. Uh, it was a, a decision and a legislation made by the Bundestag in 2017. Mm. So they regulated uh, who are the doctors that are allowed to give it, who are the pharmacists that are allowed to dispense it, uh, mm. what are the conditions uh, for patients to take uh, this uh, medical cannabis. Uh, the reimbursement, uh, the government is paying uh, for those prescriptions. And as we speak, uh, 150,000 patients uh, in Germany that mm. are actually belong to this, uh, that called statutory healthcare insurance mm. uh, in uh, Germany that are taking it on the reimbursed basis uh, uh, regularly. And mm. this is primarily for pain. Uh, most of them are anti-cancer patients that uh, needs this kind of stuff. That's Eris Israeli, CEO of Dr. Reddy's Laboratories, explaining the deal thesis. We also believe that many countries will eventually adapt the German model. Uh, it will come gradually as uh, 
it requires legislation and of course every country with its own legislation process uh, I, I think in India for example we are very far from where um, the Europeans are uh, I believe that the next one will be uh, additional European um, countries as well as uh, countries like Canada, United States, uh, Australia, New Zealand. This is, these are the leading countries and then the rest will probably follow uh, with their own pace. And the second, as we believe that there is going to be actually quite a series of uh, products that will come uh, in the future. So if we look at the prospect of this uh, space now, versus what it's going to be, let's say, in 2030 or 2035, it's supposed to be very big. And also many uh, insurance companies, many SIG funds, many governments are now looking into it, uh, of how they want to approach uh, this kind of stuff. We are trying to be innovative in Dr. Eddy's, and most of the stuff that we are going to introduce in the next uh, coming years and you're going to see more stuff coming from us in the, even in, in the next coming months will be about innovation and about looking what actually uh, players are not giving today, uh, what is missing and uh, is there a way to help that unmet need and this is where we want to play. But doing a deal is perhaps the easiest part of the equation. I wanted to know more. Can you elaborate on what is medicinal about cannabis? The cannabis is made out of two main ingredients, one called CBD, the other called THC. Mm. The THC is the one that creates the high or the addictive uh, uh, phenomena. The CBD Mm. is non-addictive. And most of the cannabis is actually a combination uh, between these two ingredients. Okay. Uh, there is a clear indications for medical cannabis at a certain temperature, at a certain combinations of CBD and THC for pain, and many many research about uh, CNS diseases. As we speak, we are participating in the research about dementia. Uh, we are talking about autism, epilepsy, Alzheimer, etc. And um, there is more uh, uh, research in that direction. At this stage, most of the use is in pain management, and most of the pain managements are chronic pain that comes from chronic situation, either a CNS disease or uh, uh, cancer patients that uh, have a problem to deal with the normal painkiller. As we learn about the medical science behind cannabis, let's hear from some of the people who have benefited from it. I've been suffering from lupus, scleroderma, and asthma for a while now. I was first introduced to cannabis relief products by my friend Colin. This product has completely changed my life. Since being on this oil, I have completely cut out my steroids and my immunosuppressants have been reduced as well. I've been using the hulled hemp seed powder since the past uh, three years and it has given me good results in terms of uh, energy retention as well as muscle growth. Uh, apart from that, uh, my mother has also been using the canner relief uh, oil, hemp oil, uh, which uh, is in the form of a balm, which she applies for her migraine and it has been miraculously helpful. 
I suffer from endometriosis, adenomyosis, mitral valve prolapse and also chronic migraine. So I came across Canna Relief Pain Management Oil. I feel like this oil has helped me on a spectrum, right? In a nutshell, it has made my life better and I feel like I'm able to survive day to day without any surgery just because of this. Experts in India are lauding this acquisition as a step towards establishing more credibility to medical cannabis. Anay Shukla, founding partner of Arogya Legal, a law firm that specializes in health laws, makes an interesting argument. Company like Dr. Reddy's, which is placing bets on its pipeline of medicines on the basis of science and data, is actually seeing worth in medical cannabis. This begs the question that why don't we have more companies in India who are dealing with medical cannabis? And why did an Indian company have to go to Germany to acquire a medical cannabis company where it could have either set up its own operations in India? The cannabis plant is actually native to India. But again, there are several restrictions and regulations which will make it very difficult for even a company of the likes of Dr. Reddy to actually cultivate process, manufacture and distribute medical cannabis. So it makes sense to actually, you know, look at business prospects outside India. He explains the legal position of medical cannabis in India. Sometimes we confuse something which is prohibited to something which is regulated. And maybe medical cannabis is a classical case of that. So we have a law in India called the uh, Narcotic Drugs and Psychotropic Substances Act. That law in black and white clearly says that medicinal use of cannabis is permitted. So food and cosmetic use of cannabis is not permitted. Now, as you would have noticed, I'm saying cannabis as is defined in the law, right? And I say that because something like leaf of the cannabis plant, right, which is commonly called as bhang in larger parts of India, that is not cannabis for the purposes of uh, the Narcotic Drugs and Psychotropic Substances Act, right? So I can make use other than medical or scientific use of leaf of the cannabis plant. That restriction on leaf does not apply. Now, what is being done as a choice by most startups in India is that they are employing the leaf as raw material to make medicines, right? And when I employ leaf as raw material to make medicines, I am not governed by the narcotic laws of India, which eases my regulatory compliance. It's still there. It is definitely more than, let's say, making a paracetamol, but it is not as much as making a morphine or another, you know, one of those many narcotic drugs. The medical cannabis industry in India is estimated to be valued at around rupees 670 crores by 2024. I spoke to Avnish Pandya, one of the co-founders of the Bombay Hemp Company. Popularly called Bohiko, it is India's leading industrial hemp and medical cannabis company incorporated in 2013. When we talk about cannabis in India, we should, I think, jump back a little bit into history and see hmm. the importance use of cannabis as medicine within the Atharvaveda and the Ayurveda which we refer to as some of the authoritative texts in Indian traditional medicine. 
Cannabis, in fact, is mentioned as one of the essential herbs amongst the five most important herbs in Ayurveda. Uh, because of the ability of cannabis to be able to work on different parts of the human ecosystem. Whether we are talking about uh, the central nervous system, whether we're talking about the digestive system, or whether we're talking about pain management, what we usually call shula in Ayurveda. Uh, taking references from the Ayurvedic texts, there have been a lot of different formulations that are already apart of the for Ayurvedic formulary of India. Uh, oh. I, cannabis drugs specifically in India are regulated under the Drugs and Cosmetics Act, under oh. the Ministry of Ayush, as well as under the Narcotics Control. Right. So in India, we see that, of course, the market is kind of very new because it, was, it only began full-fledged in 2016-2017. Oh. These are very early days. But what we can say is we are already seeing phenomenal results with some of the clinical trials that Kuhiko has been performing with the National Institute of Ayurveda, as well as some of the products that patients and doctors have already started using. So we definitely believe that this is the start of the forest fire, and this is going to catch on in different parts of India very many soon. However, it has not been an easy ride for startups like Bohiko to venture into an area that has so many negative connotations due to its close association with narcotic drugs. Avnish speaks about the creative ways through which they have overcome these challenges. When we started off, there was a lot of misinformation. So what we thought is kind of provide people with a taste of cannabis. So we made certain hemp and cannabis products that were day-to-day -day use. For example, a hemp shirt or eating hemp seeds. And then we asked people, are you getting high or are you getting any kick out of it? And the obvious answer was no. So then we explained them that this is also cannabis. The other leverage we took was the fact that we all eat khaska seeds in India, the opium poppy seeds which are actually highly nutritious and not necessarily providing any sedative or narcotic effect. Something very similar with hemp seeds. Hemp seeds come from the cannabis plant, but they don't get you high. They're actually nutritious. Communicating using references that are already part of colloquial culture kind of made it easier for us. Secondly, what we, because of us having a background in advertising, we kind of tried and dressed up some celebrities, and some politicians in hemp kurtas. Mm. And in fact, we had a politician known by the name of Mr. Tathagat Satpati from the Viju Janta Dal, who is an ex-member of parliament, actually wore a hemp kurta with the parliament and mm. tweeted about the fact saying that I am wearing a cannabis kurta today. And that became, that became a rage. While we were doing all of this creative work, we happened to have a chance to meet with Mr. Tata at an entrepreneurship event. So we, we thought there is no chance we are going to not have the uh, opportunity to talk to him about cannabis, right? We are going right. to kind of bring this out. And it was an awkward moment because one of my co-founders actually got hold of him in the bathroom. And the only rationale we had to ourselves is that there is no weird way to, to change the world. If there is a way, we should go ahead and do that. And we encountered him there. He was gentle enough to listen to us and give us a meeting. So somebody like Mr. Tata then attaching his name to this, you know, supposedly malign concept 
uh, does change the perception value of the idea. It at least gets people to start thinking that, you know, maybe, maybe I don't know everything. And that is all we needed. We just needed a doubt in people's mind to question what they knew. And I think that has been the biggest kind of achievement of Boiko till date. And we see that, you know, in the last two years, we've had two major events. One is what happened with Shoshar Singh Rajput and Riya Chakrabarti, the whole media bit there, as well as what happened uh, with Aryan Khan this time. So both the times, there were dual narratives running. There was a narrative that was running on, oh, cannabis is a drug and people use this and Bollywood celebrities, etc., etc. While there was also a narrative that, oh, people are getting using cannabis during their cancer treatment and people, there's a clinical trial happening on arthritis. So what it has done is it has actually, the last two years have been the biggest campaigns for cannabis in India, where... Uh, it has become a dinner table conversation. Parents know what nugs are. Parents know what cannabis is. And I think India needed a couple of jewels like that to really kind of spark the decision. However, it is still not an easy business to get into. Anay highlights the challenges and risks involved. There are several challenges. And that is because of the nature of regulation of cannabis. The first challenge is to actually cultivate the cannabis plant for medicinal purposes. Today, we don't really have laws which allow wide-scale cultivation of cannabis uh, plant in India. There are some states which are in discussion, which will allow perhaps uh, cultivation of cannabis plant for medical purposes. Now, assuming that you can get medical-grade cannabis for the purposes of use into medicines or for to be used as medicine, the second restriction is getting licenses to actually stock and sell cannabis-based products. Unlike medicines that are bought and sold, cannabis will be regulated at state level. Now, to explain, if I have to, let's say, buy paracetamol, I can buy paracetamol sitting in Maharashtra from somebody who is licensed to sell in Karnataka. But that is not true for narcotic drugs or medicines made out of narcotic drugs. If I have to do business of cannabis medicine in India, I will have to get license for stocking and selling cannabis-based medicines in every state or every district wherever I have a warehouse. The requirements to maintain records and registers are also equally onerous. Oh, that sounds like a lot of bureaucracy coupled with lots of risks. I ask Avnish how he views the regulatory challenges and he surprisingly sounds quite positive. Though this is a very nascent industry, one thing we are seeing is the type of ecosystem players who are joining in definitely are sensitive to these areas. Secondly, it's also a very high risk for somebody to take this very casually. So it doesn't actually make sense for somebody who's not sincere about this to get it to the business. We are seeing, of course, uh, a lot of new companies come in following the protocol that was originally kind of in place for Bohiko and taking it head on from there. What Bohiko has been able to do is A, create a level of acceptance uh, within the regulatory system, which is the most important system with cannabis, to be able to allow 
the right restricted use of the plant and not the abuse. Promote the science and the technology that is involved and not the recreation that is involved in the product. Today, Boeco is the only company that is growing cannabis in three different states for R&D purposes. It has a manufacturing license in a state to manufacture cannabis-based products and has a nationwide distribution of these products. All of this within a certain regulatory framework. The larger role we see from Oeco playing from now on is towards the clinical and the scientific benefits of the plant. Because as we see the market evolve and a lot of the other companies come in, the key differentiator is going to be the level of science that is there. And I think for too long, we have had Ayurveda in the backdrop of science, where we say that, okay, this is thousand years old, so it must be true. Well, it is true and we need to have a modern way of showcasing uh, and demonstrating that truth. True indeed. Today, the world is moving towards evidence-based medicine and pharma companies globally are getting behind the science of traditional medicine. There are several global companies that got into cannabis before Dr. Eddies did. Big deal just announced in the pharmaceutical industry. Jazz Pharmaceuticals buying GW Pharma for $7.2 billion in cash and stock or $220 a share. GW makes regulatory approved therapeutics from its proprietary cannabinoid product platform that address what they say are a broad range of diseases. Pharmaceutical giant Pfizer Incorporated is entering the cannabis space via the $6.7 billion acquisition of Arena Pharmaceuticals Incorporated. Tilray soaring almost 40% after striking a deal to distribute medical cannabis in the UK. British American Tobacco announced that they took a nearly 20% stake of Organigram. So how do startups like Bohico view a foray into medical cannabis by a mainstream pharma company in India? I asked Avnish. When we talk about its, its ramification in India, the one thing is that at a perception level, the pharmaceutical companies are not against it. They want right. to work with it and they want to kind of mainstream. And that is one of the few ways in which we can mainstream cannabis as well and bring it beyond the subculture that it is part of today. Boigo is currently actually developing certain products with uh, some of some of the pharmaceutical companies. Unfortunately, I'm under a non-disclosure, so I cannot actually reveal who these companies are. But very soon we'll be seeing some products, whether in a clinical trial phase or in a post-study phase out there um, in a collaborative manner. Boigo, definitely the objective for us is to kind of partner with some of the biggest boys in India who already have distribution, network, and understanding. They need a plug-in place for the cannabis solution, which is what Bohico brings to them. Because we understand cannabis toxicity, cannabis bioavailability, and cannabis efficacy. Whereas they have the expertise of aspects of the business around it. So definitely collaboration is the way to go forward and identifying like key markets where a debt can be made and genuine solutions can be provided is, is what we're looking for. So, this does sound like a happening area where we will see more action in India, more announcements of collaborations and acquisitions by pharma companies. And if we want to see medical cannabis coming into mainstream healthcare delivery and patients actually benefit from those, 
we have to talk about not decriminalizing it but maybe deregulating it bringing down the level of regulation which is associated with selling cannabis based medicines in india anay talks about how the regulators in india are looking at medical cannabis favorably it's just that we need to have enough political will to bring about the change there are instances in some states where chief ministers or some other ministers have announced that they are going to legalize cultivation of cannabis for medicinal purposes but when that happened the opposition parties did not take it um, in the right stride and created an issue around it so you know it's it's i i think the regulators know that cannabis based medicines are fuel they're effective it's just that in order to bring and enabling legal and regulatory framework you also need political will which because of the taboo associated with sub, with the subject you know is lacking i think some courageous state governments are actually going ahead uh, and hopefully we should see uh, more enabling uh, state level policies in times to come so i do believe that there there is a requirement for some amount of advocacy to be done for awareness to also be created so that not only political will but also public will is created in sort of bringing cannabis uh, into mainstream as medicines and what about the legal campaign seeking decriminalization of cannabis we are asking the wrong questions from the courts or we are asking the wrong reliefs from the courts the courts will will never say that cannabis should not be regulated because you know cannabis has potential for abuse i think what we should be asking from the courts is perhaps a relook at the way in which we are regulating cannabis and whether we should recognize cannabis as essential considering whatever international evidence we have local evidence we have it was part of our culture and things like maybe the question shouldn't be about fundamental rights and whether we should you know have free access to cannabis but it should more be about enabling access to cannabis for those who actually deserve it who are the patients so how do we make it more accessible and bringing accessibility into the discussion around right to life medical cannabis is an idea whose time has come it caters to very specific unmet needs of patients especially in pain management regulating it is a tricky affair since political compulsions and social norms play a spoiled sport what is anyways feasible for the authorities is to ease the regulatory process related to licensing procurement and distribution of medical cannabis increasing public awareness is the most effective way out startups in india have sensed this opportunity and found a safe pathway to do business that serves these unmet patient needs within the defined regulatory framework As the laws on medical in cannabis get clearly established in the developed markets, global pharma companies are sensing an opportunity and grabbing it. Now, with an Indian pharma major foraying into medical cannabis, it provides credence to the work done by the startups till now. Sooner or later, we shall see this space being occupied by major pharma companies who will either collaborate with or acquire these early bird startups. the ultimate beneficiary would be the patients suffering from chronic illnesses and who are exploring alternative therapies to deal with their long drawn ailments 
So that's all for today. You were listening to Prescription Cannabis on the Morning Brief. This episode was produced by my colleague Surbhi Modi from ET and Varun Kapahi from Awas. Sound editor Soundarya Jayachandran from Awas. Executive producer Arijit Barman. Do write in with your feedback at the Morning Brief at the rate timesgroup.com. The Morning Brief airs every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Thank you and have a good day. All clips used in this episode belong to the respective owners. Credits mentioned in the description.